Hey friends, this is Jeff. DJ and I recently sat down with our friend Tyler Zach, who hosts conferences. This year, Tyler has created an online gathering called the Enia Summit, which focuses on the dynamics of love and relationships. We enjoyed our conversation so much, we invited Tyler back, and as we enter February, the three of us will be working through four different ways that our type pairs with others. If you get into this material, we will be posting links to the Enia Summit in the show notes of the last episode. The other online speakers are going to include Suzanne Stabile, Jesse Eubanks, Kristen Harden, Dr. Sam Greenberg, Lindsay Frazier, and many others. Uh, if you find this meaningful, drop us your thoughts on Instagram or give us some stars on iTunes and Spotify. And as always, may all good things be yours. I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. Well, welcome back to the Innie Summit. I'm here with Jeff Cook and TJ Wilson. They are the co-hosts of the popular Enneagram podcast called Around the Circle. They have 11,000 listeners and just surpassed 600,000 downloads. That's awesome, guys. Uh, they want to put much of their audio content into written form, and so they begun the work of creating a five-volume book series. Uh, to let you know a little bit more about them, Jeff and uh, TJ both live in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, TJ is an entrepreneur and business owner, and Jeff is an author, former pastor, uh, and has served 15 years as a professor in the philosophy department at the University of Northern Colorado. Uh, Jeff and TJ actually have three podcasts, not just one, uh, with over 200 combined episodes that you can go binge listen to right now. Uh, their primary one is Around the Circle, like I just mentioned, but they also have an Enneagram and Movie Characters podcast, which I love as well as a podcast called Start Here. If you don't want to take an Enneagram test, uh, you can just listen to their series of talks uh, on that podcast to help you find your type. It's, it's kind of like a self-typing uh, podcast. And over 2,000 people so far have used it already as a typing tool. So Jeff and uh, TJ, welcome back to the summit. Hello, thanks. Thank you. Well, today we're going to talk about, uh, I think we've titled this talk, uh, relational chemistry, how Enneagram stances affect our connection with loved ones. So this is the only uh, interview talk that we're going to discuss stances and how that um, creates chemistry or takes away from the chemistry of our relationships. And you guys have done some extensive uh, just research and observation in regards to stances. Uh, you guys have multiple episodes on your podcast, which I've really benefited from. So I'm super excited to hear the wisdom that you're going to be able to come and, and bring to our listeners today. Uh, so is there anything that you want to say in preface to this conversation? I think we should definitely start this. Like if we're talking about relationships, we should definitely start with the one rule which is don't type other people. So like if you were really into the Enneagram and you're trying to figure out uh, your partner's type, you can guess, but you can't assign. Mm. Like try to, you know, get the, encourage them to figure out what their type is because you're never supposed to type other people. Don't type other people. As mentioned earlier, there's a handy uh, podcast out there for just such 
purposes. Correct. Uh, so let's let's jump in now. Some people have never heard of stances before, and so before we even get in to all this, just give a brief overview of stances, if you would, and like why they are so crucial and important to this topic of love and relationships. There's a lot of in and out in my mind in Enneagram. Um, there's taking in the world and then how you respond to the world. Oftentimes when we talk about taking in the world, that is through our center. We're a head type, body type, heart type. When we respond to the world and try and get what we want, that also flows out of our Enneagram type. And so stance is a convenient term for really what is our primary energy strategy for getting what we want. Some of us are more assertive, some of us earn, and some of us withdraw to get our motive fulfilled. And that's really those three stances. So three sevens and eights are gonna be more assertive. They stand independent from the world. Ones, twos, and sixes are more reactive. They try to earn uh, what they want. Their energy is more external and withdrawn types, fours, fives, and nines, We'll take a step back, are more internally focused in getting what they want most. And so stance can be real helpful because this is the energy and posture that our loved ones are often taking in getting th the things that they want most. And, and paired with all of that, uh, one of the big things that stance helps us understand is which of those three centers is least active for us. So for threes, sevens, and eights, they are actually feeling or heart repressed, which means they don't understand their own feelings appropriately, and they don't understand the feelings of other people. Uh, ones, twos, and sixes, the reactive types, are thinking repressed, which doesn't mean they don't think. It just means they don't think productively. They don't analyze the data and make plans to move forward in productive ways. And then fours, fives, and nines, the withdrawn types are doing or body repressed, which means we don't we, we, we don't do the right things when they need to be done all the time. We don't do productive doing. That's really good. And if you're offended by anything TJ just said, <laughs> just know that much of it, much of this is, is are things that Suzanne Stabile has has uh, worked on for years too. So you have mm -hmm. you have to take up take that up with her as well. <laughs> TJ the nine would love your confrontational email sent to him. I have really strong spam filters, so <laughs> fine. send me an email. <laughs> I'm uh, so there's the body, the the heart, and the head centers is what you're saying. And that's how we take in the world. So I'm in the heart. I'm a three. I'm in the heart center. And so I'm going to be taking it and taking the world in through my heart uh, or my feelings. I'm going to be using those to take things in. Um, but I also a three, seven, and eight that, that you said are an assertive stance. So I'm going to be an assertive stance. And so that's how I'm going to get what I want in the world is by being assertive and kind of going after what, what I want. And then you said, DJ, that each of those are repressed in some way. So I'm re feeling repressed. And so that's going to affect the chemistry in my relationship as well, knowing which one I'm repressed in. Absolutely. So a lot of pieces here that can give us a lot of knowledge about our relationships. For, uh, for those, uh, those in the center, the three, six, nine are in the center of each sort of primary intelligence center. The, the way that we like to think about it is that 
these types take in the world to their primary center, but they don't engage the world from their primary center. So you use feelings to take in everything, but you don't in, you sort of set them aside to move forward, to engage. In the same way I take in as a nine, I take in everything through my body, through my intuitions, but I don't engage from that same place. And sim same thing for sixes with the head. Okay, so take in things with 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 their head but don't but have a hard time like sixes have a hard time engaging with productive thinking correct okay that's really helpful uh, i'm learning a lot already okay so let's let's talk about uh the combinations then so assertive types three sevens and eights relating to compliant types so those would be the ones twos and sixes and actually, before we, we do that, can you explain a little bit about what you mean by compliant types earning? Because I think that'll really help um, fill in some details. Because I've, I've heard people talk about the compliant types, one, twos, and sixes, as sort of being compliant, of moving with people in the world. But what do you mean by earning? One, twos, and sixes, energy is going externally. They are getting feedback from the world around them and reacting to it. Mm. Each of these types want to be good, want to be, in, in essence, have a rule-following quality to them. Ones want control, twos want attention, and sixes uh, want to feel secure. And in order to get those three things, they earn from the tribe or perhaps ones can, can seek to just be good enough, and that might be earning things in their own mind and heart. But that external posture of getting feedback from the world is a primary, whereas the other two sets can be more independent or more internally focused. Okay. You're the first ones that I've heard talk about that when I've listened to podcasts on stances. And so I think that's really helpful to know that part of the reason they're compliant is to kind of earn yeah, some autonomy or earn... Uh, the ability for other people to stand up for them. If you're a six for your wolf pack to stand up for you and defend you at times, uh, you know, th th that's really helpful. Twos and sixes in particular are going to really comply with what they perceive as the needs of others. The, the, the word compliant has been used for this set and applied to ones as ones are compliant to the demands of their super ego. That can also be the, the case for twos and sixes. I myself am, am not a fan of the word compliant. I don't think it does enough to describe ones and twos and sixes. I think reactive earners is a much better way of describing these three and the energy going on. They're externally referenced. They are reading the room. If you're here to jump into our, our conversation, if you're an assertive type, it's often the case that reactive types will be reacting to your assertive energy. And so the energy will be coming at them and they'll be doing some, some judo moves to try and get their own feel in the world. So I'm a reactive type. When I engage uh, fours, fives, and nines who are withdrawn, most of the energy is actually coming from me. I'm intuiting their withdrawn posture and I'm moving toward them because I'm reacting to their withdrawnness. And that's often how ones, twos, and sixes navigate the world is, is, is having that kind of radar and responding. And so I put a lot of assertive energy out there in my wife as a six and the compliant type or compliant stance. She reacts by doubting my plans 
<laughs> and uh, uh, w- with lots of concerns. So is that is that kind of one of the dynamics you're talking about? Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. If if you weren't putting out plans, she would have nothing to respond to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, her her energy would be going somewhere <laughs> else. That's good. But I I think about a lot of um, leadership positions in organizations. You have a lot of assertive types in the top spot, and you have a lot of reactive types in the number two spot. And this is this is similar in a lot of the the even romantic or or just plain interpersonal relationships we see with these types. There's there's someone who's sort of the boss, and there's another who is almost the assistant or the 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 partner that that helps the boss get all of their things done or achieve their vision or whatever and that is the dynamic of the assertive type who's moving forward with their own vision and and trying to trying to drive toward some future that they see and then you have the reactive type who's trying to react to whatever's coming at them and and figuring out their own place by definition of what is being put out in front of them yeah, it makes a, a lot of sense. So, you know, I remember Ian Cron saying that he's talked with some sevens in Silicon Valley that were very entrepreneurial, like three sevens and eights. Mm-hmm. All of us are very entrepreneurial and we can start things and have a vision. But as the company starts growing, this he said that the seven feels dishonored because now all of a sudden you have the reactive types getting hired to build the company. And they all have an issue with continuing to run after new things when structures and policies and all these stabilizing things need to be put in place. So there can be a, mm-hmm. a lot of energy coming back at that seven. And, uh, and so I just remember him talking about that and that, that making sense. And that that's happening in our relationships. It's happening in marriage and our partnerships as well, that kind of energy. Absolutely. So let's talk a little, a little bit more about that then. Assertive types, three sevens and eights uh, with the compliant types, ones, twos, and sixes. Like what is that sort of relationship combination uh, going to look like? As CJ was kind of saying, this is an, often is an action-dominated pair. They're, they're going to be doing things. There's, uh, there's not a withdrawn type here. And oftentimes, as TJ was saying, you know, the energy of the reactive type is kind of grabbing hold of the, the shooting star energy of the assertive one. And, and there becomes that relational dynamic is going to be there. A lot of the energy, romantic energy can be there, but also friendships can, can be in that space or, you know, work colleagues. You can, you can see that there becomes a chemistry between the two of forward movement of the 378 standing independent from the world and seeking to, to push their, their will forward, as it were. And the reactive type who cares for, loves for, supports the assertive type coming in, you know, serving, earning their place in the relationship. And, and that chemistry, that dynamic can be very, very common and it can get a lot of stuff done. And somewhat on the uh, more, let's say, unhealthy or, or uh, less positive side, like uh, assertive types that are in a poor relationship with or a struggling relationship with reactive types, assertives can feel like that is a tether, that that's something holding them back from reaching the goals that they are trying to accomplish. And and the on the other side, the, the reactive types can really feel like the 
they're being left in the lurch almost like they're they're trying to to fix the problems before we move on and and the assertive type has already abandoned them has already pulled them away from the task that they were doing um it it's almost like being chased like two members in a chase and if there isn't good communication there, if there isn't good understanding that that's the dynamic, then it can always feel like one is trying to get away from the other. Yeah, that makes sense. So three sevens and eights are, uh, you know, future oriented. Uh, ones, twos, mm-hmm. and sixes uh, are present oriented. And I see that playing out in my marriage all the time of me thinking about the future or even sitting in a room with my spouse thinking about what's next. When, when she's very much present and can oftentimes feels like I'm pulling her into the future when try, correct me if I'm wrong, but usually compliance stance, people want to make sure everything's figured, everything's taken care of. All the needs are taken care of. All the details are taken care of. All those things are, are done first before we even talk about the future. Uh, like there's important things to do in the present before we even move in that direction. All types have have anchors in and can can engage the past, present, and future. You're entirely right, though. Ones, twos, and sixes are most comfortable, often exert their energy into the present. That's where that earning is. When you're with a one, two, or six, uh, oftentimes their energy is, is coming at you to respond to who you are and where you are. And that can sometimes feel overwhelming, stifling. But that's how they're getting what they want. So the six wants security and is going to let you know now, here's the thing I'm concerned about now. And that needs to be addressed now. And the, uh, you know, the one similarly who is um, seeking to make the world better, they may have plans for tomorrow, but the activity often takes place. You know, right now I need to change these light bulbs. Right now I need to to straighten up a bit. I, I need to feel comfortable in my body, and so I'm going to take care of the job right now. Um, and so to twos are presently seeking to look after others to help in order to get the love and attention that is desired. Whereas three sevens and eights, as was said, you're thinking about next Thursday as a three in order to win next Thursday. How am I going to ensure that I have the attention that I desire by winning next Thursday? Sevens are already thinking about next Thursday, not because they want attention, but because they want to have opportunities. They want somewhere else they can jump, somewhere new and fresh to get to. And eights don't want to be vulnerable. And so they're going to ensure that next Thursday they have carved out that spot where nothing's going to you know, impose its will upon, their, uh, upon them. That dynamic then creates conversations. My wife, who's a three, routinely telling me what's going on next Thursday. And I'm like, I'll get around to it. I have a calendar. Um, but reminding me, of, by the way, this is what we're doing in five hours. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, yep, I'm on it. You know, common conversation, common part of the dynamic in our home. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on to another combination i do want to uh, mention a little bit about that uh that repressed center issue uh because three sevens and eights are usually fast thinkers they're they're yep. they're quick and they're they're on to the next thing and then ones twos and sixes are not fast thinkers they need to talk about everything out loud they need to 
put things out there to have someone respond to it so, so that they can see their thoughts on another person or on page or whatever. They, they need to have it external so that they can respond to it. And it can often feel like in, in the same way that that, that activity and, and the motion is, is part of the dynamic of this relationship, it can often feel like aggressive, assertive types are, are moving on too quickly for the reactive types. And it can often feel like for those aggressive types that, that the reactive types aren't going through the things that they, like they're, they're spending too much time on their thoughts. Like, the, like, why do we need to have a conversation about this? Why don't we just do the thing that I just told you about? And a lot of that has to do with the feeling repression in the three sevens and eights because they don't understand the impact that their behavior, that their actions, that their decisions have on other people. And usually they kind of feel like they can change the world according to how they see it. So this is my plan. Why aren't you just coming with me? Why aren't, why aren't you on board for the... I, I've already thought about all the details. Like, let's just go. The feeling repression there can really have an impact on the reactive types, and the thinking repression can really have an impact on the aggressive types. That's really good. Yeah, I think for the assertive types, um, and hey, we have we have all all three stances represented in, in this trio right here. But mm-hmm. uh, just the present or past feel like feels like quicksand. Yeah. Like if I stay here too long, we'll sink. And you're exactly right. Uh, I'm a slow internal processor as a th- kind of self press three, wing four. So I'm not a, like a, I wouldn't consider myself a quick thinker, but I get really impatient when my wife wants to throw up the yellow flag and say, hey, this is a problem. I'm really concerned about this. Like my immediate thought is, yeah, let's do something about it. Let's, and and I know we're getting into like the competency triad, the ones, threes, and fives, and there's other ways of overlaying this. But as an assertive type, I just have very f- little patience uh, to sit in the present and discuss feelings or to talk about the details because I'm like, let's just let's just move forward and do something about it. And the the metaphor that comes to mind is, you know, for building a skyscraper, and someone comes to me and says, well, we gotta figure all this these safety protocols out first i'm like well no let's just let's just build it because we need to get it done and and that's why talk about these things when we can just go and build the building and then you know a year later the whole building falls and crashes and that's when three sevens and eights are like oh i guess my spouse was right (laughs) Uh, you start seeing the value in slowing down and and uh being more patient and those things but usually it's like you have to crash and burn first before you know school of hard knocks before you figure that out Mm -hmm. okay should we move on to assertive types then and uh withdrawn types so three sevens and eights with withdrawn types fours fives and nines seems to me that this is more of a yin yang kind of couple it's the immovable object irresistible force kind of dynamic that doesn't mean that this can't be a, a fantastic relationship to have but there is going to be a lot of, of pull and push going on at times, and it just needs to get named. Fours, fives, and nines, as it was said, can kind of think about their feelings or feel their thoughts and kind of be in that space because they are action repressed. And as was said earlier, three, sevens, and eights are going. And often going is how the three, seven, and eight get their motive fulfilled. And so if you're hanging around 
we're not going to get my motive fulfilled and that can be a source of anger frustration etc and so there there that just needs to get named in terms of there's always going to be really a push pull here and and developing tools to communicate about that probably be incredibly helpful yeah, and I would also say, like, adding to the idea of being body repressed, we're also intuition repressed. So that part of that withdrawal move is that the we, fours, fives, and nines need to spend some time with something before we know what our gut says. Like, they, like there's mimetically we in culturally we talk about like gut reactions to a lot of things and fours fives and nines don't really have gut reactions we have to spend some time with stuff before we know what our gut says and that is such a waste of time to aggressive types like they like they do not want to wait for us to figure out what our feelings are so so it's often the case that fours fives and nines get kind of dragged around by assertive types or uh, even more of a tether where we serve as a, like we're pulling them backward. We're pulling the, the assertive type backward because we need to, to be in this space before we know how to move forward. Some of the things, especially in romantic couples, the, this pairing can be fantastic because it will shore up your repressed center in some ways. Right. Assertive types do need to slow down, do need to create space where they actually do business where the, with their kaleidoscopic range of emotions. Um, that is what Enneagram at its best is about balance. Enneagram at its best is going to encourage us to shore up our weaknesses. And this is for three sevens and eights. If you don't know that you need to slow down and really take an internal inventory, that is the hard work of the Enneagram for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. So too for withdrawn types, you need to move. You need to figure out how to get into your body you need to figure out how to love your body and have that be a part of your personality and identity, what you accomplish. And that's hard for withdrawn types. And so those are the, you know, three sevens and eights will do a great job of like encouraging. We need to get going and do some stuff for the four, five, nine. And again, that can, if embraced, that can create a fantastic chemistry. If you fight against each other on that front, you know, obviously that's going to be the immovable object irresistible force right you know kind of pattern and and as you spend more time together i i i see that that these types in relationship can can learn where their energy sort of overlap where like in this space we need the aggressive energy so so we're both going to sort of join that in energy and move forward and in this space we really need to step back and and relax a little bit and in this space we really only need one person who's going to step back so the other one can do their own thing and in this other space we do need one but the other like there's there's a good balance to be had when this can be acknowledged and and incorporated and 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 engaged in a more intentional way of these two very different types sort of learning from each other how to how to balance that that energy good so you're the beautiful part about this pairing with assertive with withdrawn is, is like what you said jeff the yin and the yang assertive energy and qu- more quiet withdrawn introspective energy like coming together and one leaning on the other you know you see that like the withdrawn types are attracted to the assertive types energy and kind of feed it off of it. And then the people who are always going, going, going can, can look at 
the people that are more patient and withdrawn and really appreciate their sort of peaceful energy, their introspective, uh, thoughtful um, characteristics. And it could be a yeah really beautiful yin-yang energy. Uh, I'm thinking more in terms of conflict, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the assertive types and trying to get what they want in the world can run over uh, the withdrawn types. And that can not lead to sparks like it may with like a assertive and compliant stance, maybe a little more sparks, but it seems like the withdrawn types would probably just either dig their heels in when the assertive types are running all over, trying to pull them every which way, like dig their heels in or withdraw, become passive aggressive. Kind of, it seems like they would create a sort of a flatness or a, to the chemistry. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I think all of us have tools when people are coming at us. And so force fives and nines have tools for dealing with assertive people. As, as was kind of said, there, there can be kind of a tortoise move. Mm-hmm. There can be a stubbornness that can be part of force fives and nines in terms of their, how they react to those sorts of relational moves. The great thing about these two stances is that they both have kind of an independent streak they can go into their own rooms and be just fine with that. Reactive types have a hard time with that. But I think like, you know, three sevens and eights stand independent from the world and can often do things themselves without you. And fours, fives, nines can go into their room and say, look, this is my space. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to sit with my books and, and, you know, do what you want. I don't care. And so they're, that that doesn't that may be a healthy move in relationship of just saying we just need some space right now and everybody goes to their own spaces or but i think you're right the you know we need to be aware of you know assertive types need to be aware that they can run over people mm-hmm. you got that steve and and withdrawn types can be need to be aware that some of their withdrawal is actually just avoidance like if if I know someone's coming for me, I'm not. I'm gonna bail. I'm gonna go do something. I'm gonna go to the movies by myself. I'm gonna do something else to avoid. I and mean, that's compounded by the fact that I avoid conflict at all cost. But but even fours and fives, like it, it's much easier for us to uh, avoid, resist, um, bail on conflict than to actually engage in it. It's good. And that does as much disservice as being run over. Yeah, exactly. Okay, orientation to time. The assertive types are future-oriented. The withdrawn types are past-oriented. So now you have the the future and past. Like, how can that help and hurt uh, the relationship? Real important, I think, when talking about orientation to time with stances, to think about it as tools. Fours, fives, and nines are using past tools to get what they want. So fours are going to have, a, a, have an elaborate memory of the emotional dynamics of their lives that they can pull from in order to get the attention that they want right now. Fives are going to have a vast inventory of their knowledge of the past that they can pull from in order to get the security they desire right now. Nines oftentimes, uh, TJ can attest, it can be kind of hoarders, but that is in part because they're they're collecting physical items that will ensure that they have you know, their, their space, the way that they desire and get the control over their environments that they desire using those past tools is, is, can be, you know, it's kind of, it's a massive library to pull from three sevens and eights 
can skip the library and they're thinking about tomorrow and books that haven't been written yet, as it were. And there, there can be a, a, a really great dynamic if you can come together, the chemistry, the, the complementariness that can come from somebody who's really anchored in the past and somebody who's pulling into the future can be outstanding if you honor the skills and superpowers of the other and what they bring to the table there. But, but obviously if you're like, you're stuck in the past and you know, it's, it's ridiculous to have your head in the clouds and always thinking about the future, then, you know, there's a negative side to, to how they, they come together. It seems to me. Yeah. I think at the, at, at our best, like there, there's a place for like the space in, in the middle of future and past is the present. And when these two types come together, when these two orientations to time come together, they can easily meet in the present if they're trying to, because withdrawn types bringing the information that they have to the assertive types plans. Now we can say, okay, what are your plans and what do we already know does and doesn't work? What do we need to accomplish now to get to the plans based on what we've already tried? What would, what we know that we're capable of, what obstacles we know that we might face based on this information that I already have. Like there's, there's a way that these two very conveniently meet in that middle presence place. Hmm. That's so good. Beth McCord was coaching me live on her podcast and uh, about parenting issues I was having. It's sort of like a lot, like a listen in to her coaching me about real issues in my life. And she kept asking me to look back and I was like, no, no, it's okay. Like, and <laughs> she kept like pulling me to look, <laughs> to look backward at my past to see how mm-hmm. things have played out. And I just noticed for assertive types, there's a resistance uh, to doing that. And so I'm really grateful uh, for those people who have tried to, to get me to reflect more and, and go into the past. And I just remember my 20s and 30, 30s, like I did not want to look at history. I didn't want to look at yeah. things that were done decades ago or centuries ago because it just seems like, okay, anything that we've come up with now uh, is got to be better than what we did in the past because the future is better and we keep getting better. And then I realized, no, we can keep getting dumber. We can keep, mm-hmm. you know, and in fact, history just repeats itself. Exactly. Exactly. And we're just doing the same things over and over again, the problems. So getting context and looking back at history, I've just, you know, binge watched uh, just, you know, multiple YouTube channels on you know how, you know, religions got started from 10,000 BC. And I've never been interested in that stuff in my life, but I'm gaining a greater appreciation for the past to see kind of how we got here. So we don't make the same mistakes. Um, but it's taken me many, many, many years. And I, I really think, I think of like, I can think of Beth McCord who's an Enneagram nine. Uh, I think of, you know, there's some really good therapists who are type fours and they really do a good job of in counseling sessions, coaching sessions to help you like look at your past. Mm-hmm. And we need that. And when, when I look at you, TJ, as a nine, I, I think future. I'm like, man, you are a wise dude <laughs> uh, when it comes to Enneagram. And I love listening to you. And, and where, where is this going to take you? Uh, and I want to I just have a posture of like wanting to encourage you to move towards the future. And I think I think a lot of assertive types feel that when they get around people is they think future and that, that can be really good mm-hmm. for the withdrawn types. So, 
Yeah, because I have no idea where this is going. I'm I'm in a boat and I'm on a river, but I have no idea where that river is going to take me. Yeah. So, luckily, I have someone that I'm with that's like, okay, we are we actually have to row some. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys, you guys are a great pairing. Uh, okay, let's do uh, withdrawn types and compliant types. So four, fives, and nines in relationship with the compliant types: ones, twos, and sixes. Seems to me that this is the type of pairing. So TJ and I are this sort of pairing where they persist over time when they're in in relationship. Often they're they're not just knocking things out. It's not like lots of check marks, but there might be a very thoughtful thing that is accomplished over time that is beautiful and wonderful mm. and you know and worth embracing. It seems to me that uh, you know um, I'm trying to think of an example. Your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we. I suppose that would be case in point. Neither TJ or I are feeling repressed. And so we're talking about emotions mm-hmm. and working through those as part of the dynamic of our relationship. When something breaks, it's, a, it's harder for us to, to get up, get moving, get over the obstacle. But there, there can be you know, a real valuable dynamic there of you know, being in the in the moment, using the tools that, as we've been talking about uh, orientation and time, using the tools of the past to say, what are we doing now? And and that's what we got. Uh, this is also uh, represented by me and my spouse. My partner is a six. And they, like we said uh, before, we really dived into this. Like there, there's an energy that like if reactive types are responding to the energy of the per of their partner then they are going to probably be the ones driving in a relationship with a withdrawn type and withdrawn types are typically okay with that because the responsive type isn't driving over them the the Mm -hmm. reactiveness the the external focus means that there's there's real partnership there's real consideration there and Mm. I have no reason to believe that my res- reactive types won't listen to me when I bring something up, whereas I I carry that sort of skepticism with me with uh, assertive types. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so there there is like really interesting balance of energy there because the like it it's like a softer version of of pulling us withdrawn types forward and a softer version of sort of like calm down a little bit. You don't need to worry about that thing now with the compliant types. Um, To build on that, the thing that hits me is I, 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 in my experience and what I see, I think withdrawn types are often the ones who are leading their energy is that which the reactive type are reacting to, except for when it comes to the motive of the reactive type. And so you'll see with, so I'm thinking of a pairing that's a nine two. They are pretty lax until it comes to relationships. And in relationships, the energy of the two flames up a little bit. Mm. In with TJ's relationship, the, the security seeking of his spouse, who's a six asserts itself. And so that needs to be addressed in the, and, and that'll be part of the dynamic, but otherwise everything's copacetic and we're, we're fine. Um, and with, with me and, and TJ, there, there would be, I have a, a handful of things I want to physically accomplish and that, that is part of our relationship. Otherwise, you know, we generally are, you know, even keel 
And so whatever the motive is of the reactive type, I bet you is going to assert itself. But the withdrawn type, I often see, I suppose, this, and it, it's going to differ from person to person, but I often see withdrawn types, their energy is what leads that relationship. And I think to that point where uh, there might be more sort of sparks, you were saying, with uh, assertive types, I think with reactive types, the the kind of complications that can come in can be much more severe mm. mm-hmm. because like with with assertive types they're gonna go and and when when there is conflict when there is like the, the assertive types are in charge of their own life and they're moving forward regardless mm-hmm. and with compliant with reactive types when they come up against some type of complication uh, conflict fight and anything any kind of rift with a partner that is in the, that withdrawn stance there's the 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 withdrawn type either has to step up or it is a rift like mm. it, it is a significant problem mm. and and there the demand there is so much more compulsory i guess it be, because the reactive type has to have something to react to and if you're not from the perspective of the reactive type to the withdrawn, if you're not giving me something to respond to, if you're stepping back and, and making me wait for too long, if you won't do make the changes that I need in order for me to feel safe or loved or good, then I'm going to go find that somewhere else. I can't get it from you. I will find it somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. And I'm really appreciating this, this conversation and ex- kind of exploring these cul-de-sacs or whatever you want to say, driving around and, you know, exploring more about these combinations than I've ever explored before. It's really, uh, really insightful. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate uh, as a, a sort of type listening in, talking about how withdrawn and compliant can really uh, have good chemistry together. And I love what you said about being with somebody that you're not going to get run over by. Mm-hmm. Uh, feeling you're a team with them you're kind of both okay more in the present together moving forward and kind of figuring things out there's sort of a camaraderie and that's yeah not just not no fear of being run over or not heard or acknowledged uh, i really uh, appreciate listening to that dynamic but then also what you just said too the the, the when the check engine light comes on it's it's when there's a stalemate and you get you can get stuck mm-hmm. in quicksand uh, without an assertive type in the relationship. Uh, so that that's really helpful to, yeah. to to know too. Anything else about the this combination, um, compliant and withdrawn? Before we kind of talk about assertive and assertive and the the different stances with each other, uh, I did want to mention one more thing about the um, withdrawn and reactive or compliant. I think this is a slower relationship just in general, but it might be a more solid one. Like thinking about the relationships I have with my assertive friends, they're bigger and they're faster, but the relationships that I have with my reactive friends are usually more solid. There's less going on with us, but it's usually there's, there's a better foundation underneath us. 
and and if we do come to those conflict places there it's it's more likely that we will try harder to to deal with that conflict mm. like my 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 wife and i we were together for 10 years eight years before we got married we were together for a really long time and uh part of that was my my slowness like a big part of that was that it it just took me time to get to a place where I was ready for that and and as a result of that we like we encountered so many people giving us marriage advice about the first couple of years about how hard it was going to be and looking back on that it's like what were these people doing that was so hard i don't get it it's because we had already processed so much of that in our relationship before we got married that like the big the quote unquote big steps in our relationship just took more time but we are more solid than than we could have been if we had rushed into that. You said you're you and your partner are six, uh, a nine and a six. I mm-hmm. see a lot of nine six relationships, yeah. and uh, my wife's a six and has yeah nine friend, a, a type one friend, and she's had those for life. A very solid and steady relationship. So yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to assertive and assertive. They probably won't have any issues in their first year of marriage, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a lot of energy here. We're talking about just the combination, assertive, assertive, withdrawn, withdrawn, and reactive, reactive. Mm-hmm. The thing, the, the biggest bit, bit of wisdom is you're doubling down on your repressed center. Yep. So two assertive types, you, you have two people who are feeling repressed. That can be fantastic on some fronts. And it can really lead to a crash on another front. Mm-hmm. Um, so to two withdrawn types, you're going to have two action-repressed folks. And there's there can be a situation where you're making excuses for one another's inactivity. There's like double no movement, you know, as it were. And with two reactive types, the unfortunate thing with two reactive types is oftentimes it's like you're staring at a chessboard waiting for the other person to go. Because you're waiting to react to what they're going to do. But what you're intuiting or experiencing with the other reactive person is them reading you and you're reading them. And so it's I've routinely found this recently is that I, I'll walk away from a conversation. I'm like, why do I not connect with this person? That you know, We've worked in the same building for so many years together and we just never do much. Together. Well, it's because they're a reactive type. And both of us are just reading the energy of the other. Mm-hmm. And, and it can lead to that kind of strange dynamic. So unless reactive types, unless you are achieving something together, you know, unless there's like a third something that creates something different, then it, it, if it's just you two in a room, that can be, that can be tricky. So it's just worth noting the, uh, the repressed. I suppose with the reactive types, they're both thinking repressed. And so there may be a ton of verbal processing going, going on between the two as well. But potentially without any actual processing happening, yeah, because they're just speaking their, like it, they're they're essentially creating walls of thought that are keeping them separate from each other. Right. <laughs> Man, this is this is good. <laughs> I noticed that assertive and assertive types oftentimes get propped up as like the ideal couple. Because you got like a three and a seven, mm-hmm. you got like assertive types that are like, man, they're out there killing it uh but it doesn't necessarily mean that 
they're going to be actually paying attention to feelings and cultivating a healthy relationship when people aren't watching. Yeah. This, this, this can look like a power couple mm -hmm. from the outside of getting things done, doing crazy, doing th crazy things together. Yeah. The assertive, assertive as a pairing, like that can be a rocket and it can go straight to the moon. Like that pair can accomplish a lot, but also sometimes rockets explode and sometimes when rockets explode, it kills people that had nothing to do with the rocket. Like the the damage that can be done by two assertive types together, like even if they're going to the same place, the, the damage left in their wake can be significant. The damage that they do to each other can be significant because they won't even realize it's happening while it's happening. Another thing worth saying here is that with what we've been calling them assertive aggressive types, but really they're also independent. Mm -hmm. It's really uncommon, I think, for like a you know two for like a seven and an eight who are married to actually commit to doing the same thing together over the long haul. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. They probably go and do their. They dominate the spheres that they want to dominate over there and over there. We'll get back together for dinner later. Mm -hmm. The power couples are the reactive types and the assertive types because then there's a complementariness in which they are the engine gets going where there's detail orientedness and the energy to move. But with two assertive types, it ends up being I think there's more of that dynamic. It's like you do your thing over here, I do my thing over here. We get together for for drinks at twelve. Mm -hmm. Probably need like a mentor or coach or somebody from the outside. Yeah, to be the help be the break for them yeah. you know they probably need to rely on uh, mentors or coaches to be the break because they're probably not going to be the break for each other both both threes and eights are going to have a very strong uh, a worthwhile stress move into into moving into withdrawn space when they need to break sevens are going to try and fix things at one you you elevating the high side of your your stress number maybe a, a, a good encouragement especially when you're mm. relationally thinking um yeah that we that the two of us could be going 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 you just have to know that especially with assertive types they often will go 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 crash and figuring out ways to know that the crash may be coming so how do you how do you live yeah. wisely so that doesn't happen it's a worthy mm. conversation topic for those types good good points Okay, let's talk about withdrawn and withdrawn. You want to take that, Teach? Uh, it's nap time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, like it's it's amazing to me how comfortable I can be with other withdrawn types, but we are not getting anything done together. Like that's that's just the, we're not making plans. We're not like we we may be getting things done on our own and it may be in the same room, but we're not really working together because we're both fine with that. Like that's, that's how withdrawn types are We're we're fine sort of in that a little bit alone space. And if you don't need anything from me, that's great. I don't need anything from you. Uh, it can be really nice. It can be very peaceful. It can be, just like, like this is the space that I want to occupy anyway with someone beside me that doesn't need anything from me right now. That's perfect. That sounds wonderful. But it can also be like we, we could 
melt into the furniture together and like they find us dead in our homes in six <laughs> weeks. Like that's like they're they're we're we're not going anywhere and we're definitely not making plans for the future. I watched my beloved mother who's a nine and my brother who's a four live in the same house for a year and just nothing got cleaned really. Mm-hmm. Um uh, there was five dogs that were the energy of the house that made people go get up and go outside occasionally. And this is our space and you know, you dwell in your hobbit hole. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm thinking of relationship like real relationships of you know, I know like a four in a nine you know, some five and nine combinations, like one, four and five. And yeah, you, you'd need some sort of, again, some sort of coach or friend group or something from the outside to kind of spur them, spur them on, you'd think. Yeah. But I also see the benefits too of, of just being totally relaxed in each other's presence and that, that being very peaceful. And, uh, right. you know, I just, I just picture like playing a board game together or video games or just, just chilling mm-hmm. and enjoying life. <laughs> There is something about the motive that I bet you will peak a little bit. Nines want their presence to matter, and so there will be movement mm. there. Fours do want attention. Fives do want security, and, and you can't just stay in, you know, bunkered down in a bank vault, as it were. Motive is going to, is gonna will zap you occasionally. But there again, it doesn't necessarily mean we're accomplishing anything. I have a really close friend who's a four, and, and we can talk to each other for hours and hours and hours and like jump around all kinds of different topics and accomplish nothing. Yeah, We've true. had many people in our lives walk away from us repeatedly because <laughs> our conversations that we can talk about things that nobody cares about and we're not getting anything done and we can just keep going. Because that's well, so, like my presence matters because he's validating my thoughts and and he's getting his feelings validated by our conversation and but we're not getting anything done. You said we're not. There it is. We can yeah we, we can sit around and not do anything or not get anything done. Mm-hmm. That is like you know three language uh, or maybe a sort of stance language uh, in terms of our scorecard for what what it means to be productive. But my wife, she's in the compliant reactive stance. Uh, so not in the withdrawn stance, but she would she would say that that is very productive to sit around like you did with your friend for hours and talk about all kinds of conversational topics. Like my wife would die to have more of that from me as an assertive type. Like that would be a productive marriage in her eyes if we played a board game for four hours straight or did a puzzle together for four hours. Like, so I just want to, you know, I'm just saying that by means of encouragement that that like that, even though feels like some to some people that that's not doing anything it, that's enjoying relationships yeah. uh, that's what it means to be human and um and i need to have that vision of product product <laughs> productivity if that makes sense not to to completely poo-poo what you just said but <laughs> but we come back to the thought of balance. come on confront me tj because my six wife hates these conversations she is the first one to walk away when me and this friend get together because she doesn't care about literally anything that we're talking about and so like that that same kind of thing like you if you fall too far in one direction it's a problem but if you fall too far in the other direction it's still a problem so i love that confrontive energy Mm -hmm. tj just keep that okay (laughs) 
any more to say on the withdrawn withdrawn or should we go to reactive and reactive no my uh my father and i are both ones and so i like grew up with the reactive reactive energy and uh dated a, a woman for three years who was also a reactive type and so i'm really familiar with that kind of energy and again it's the chessboard and just waiting for the other person to play so like i'm waiting for my dad to call and he's waiting for me to call and there's a lot of energy there and it's the, the but we're trying to read one another and it's also the case as was said earlier the thinking repression is really going to color a lot of this relationship uh, it it's such a treasure for me as a reactive type to have people in my life who can can think quickly or think with depth especially if they're they're patient enough to respond to me trying to process all the things and so but in a reactive reactive relationship you don't necessarily have that so i i can think of many of these relationships where we're not when we have conversations they can be great but we don't, we don't actually get to the place the way i do with others which is interesting to me especially you know i have a you know i was a university professor you would think that this would be easier and it just it really still isn't and uh that's just been my experience so dj do you have anything to add to that the the verbal processing the externally focused like all, all of the stuff that it's just such an interesting dynamic and and twos in that in that pairing like if it's a two it actually it, that might help a little bit because twos are all about relationships so they will spill their whole guts to you in order to bond whereas ones and sixes like there's a little bit more of like playing by the rules kind of kind of energy but the it's still the case that these types are always like it it's almost like dancing with nobody leading like they 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 want the other partner to lead and and if there is going to be any success romantically or in work or or whatever else like there there has to be times when both sides pick that up like there there has to be intentional decisions that okay today i'm going to be the leader uh tomorrow i'm not you have to do it tomorrow but today i will be the one in charge and and that that sort of like making sure that you understand that you were doing the same thing i am so we have to figure out how to do it together like there that dynamic is it it can be so sort of hilariously stagnating like one of my favorite stories about jeff is the first time he, he sort of really interacted with my wife like long time ago when she was just my girlfriend she gave him a ride home and like it was just the the most like both of them sitting there in awkwardness trying to figure out what to say to each other and like this is one of my best friends and someone that i'm very very close to romantically and they can't have a conversation not because they don't have similar interests but because they're both reactive types yeah so so you have to figure out like somebody's got to drive today somebody has to very so. strange phenomena on this front the one place where this can be different is i see a, a lot of reactive types who are couples in uh nonprofit work together or or sometimes in, in corporate spaces or or teachers mm. uh i've seen a handful of teachers who and in those situations the job creates the energy. Mm -hmm. We're talking about what we're doing to serve these other people. 
and that and and then the ball starts to really move forward in terms of conversation but they're probably connecting over work they're probably connecting over how they're earning the thing that they want most from the world that's interesting like my my wife never like dated any any ones but she she has a lot of one friends as a six and they they have some good chemistry with each other because like the one is especially like the self-pres one and it's like man things are not right <laughs> and and then the six is like yes there are troubling things out there and they kind of connect on this thing you know things aren't right with the world kind of level mm-hmm. the on on exactly that front the one anomaly is that one's process with action and so one's can be the instigator of movement on exactly these sorts of fronts. So the ones can kind of upset the the theory that I'm kind of pitching here. But if that happens, the six needs to get on board with what the one's doing. Um, they need to find that the one's going to create a, a stable environment for them to feel secure, feel safe, and then they're invested. But they're going to have to go in on whatever the one is up to. And then the one's ambition is the is the source of energy and i bet you nearly 98 percent of their conversations are going to center on what what we're doing together over here to make the world better mm-hmm. and and the six sees all of those things it's like yes the world does need to be made better what can we do yeah right mm-hmm. i really appreciate you guys talking about that whole reactive energy like waiting for something to happen and then sort of reacting to it because i've never thought about that in terms of one twos and sixes Mm. that's that's really helpful to know as i counsel other people or my relationships much uh, better than compliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um well what what are the in the harmonic groups like the fours sixes and eights i just end up talking um with krista harden about that uh, i thought that was called the reactive uh, group as well do you remember what, what what that group's called yeah i mean it's the wild west still with enneagram terminology and some of the terms mm. can get you know placed to d- by this author to describe a set of folks and this author to describe a different set of folks but it's the same word because it's kind of has some utility there oh, gotcha. this is an unfortunate thing it's when when you have multiple creators coming to the table and advocating for how they are seeing the system then you know that's going to happen Gotcha. It doesn't happen too often. True. Just, there's just a few times where the, the language, mm-hmm. yeah, gets gets uh, gets mixed up like this. So I just I thought about that and I wanted to kind of clarify that with you guys. So that that's helpful. Uh, we lean more toward uh, emotional response as a way to describe four, six, and eight. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, positive outlook, competency, and emotional response. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, okay, we made it through. <laughs> did it. Uh, the six different combinations. That was. This is a really uh, good, insightful, just fun conversation. I know those watching probably feel the exact same way. So I, this is what it's like when I'm like <laughs> when I'm mowing my lawn, listening to your guys's podcasts, <laughs> and like there's just a lot more where this came from. And you guys have yeah over 200 episodes. So I would highly, highly recommend. Um, you subscribe like I did to their podcast and continue to learn uh, from them. And I want to give some your social media accounts and I'll put the links below, but is, is there anything you want to kind of say to sort of wrap up this conversation or say anything in closing before we do? We did a long series called how we connect um, in the fall of 2022, 2023. It was one of those um, we, where we go into affect groups 
which is 369-147-258. The how our relationships function often come out of those spaces. Stances is very important, um, but how we get the love that we want and connect with other people be, if you want to take another step in terms of what Enneagram says about your relationships, that would be my next recommendation. Go find that. That'd be a really helpful resource. TJ, any and last thoughts? Yeah, I um, wanted to double down on the uh, don't type other people. Like if, if you are working on issues in your relationship, you have to work on it together. And and if your partner is not interested in the Enneagram, then you might want to find other tools. That being said, we also mentioned at the outset that uh, there is no ideal pairing. There is no ideal type. There is no... that th That's not how it works. The best thing you can do is become a more healthy per person yourself. Hmm. The problems come from unhealth in our type. There... It doesn't matter if you're an eight and a nine. If you're both healthy, you'll be able to get through things together. And and that applies to work. It applies to parenting. It applies to all of your relationships. Your best path forward is to work on yourself and make yourself a more healthy person. Yeah, agreed. So That's good, TJ. I guess I got one one last thing, if I may just piggyback on that. The um, there There's a fantastic resource from the Enneagram Institute, which does a pairing of every of all the specific numbers. So if you do know the, the type, if, if, if somebody in your life has typed themselves, actually, I think if you just type into the Google machine, like Enneagram 4 and 8, I think the combinations are what pop up first. But if you can find the Enneagram Institute and their pairings of each of the types, they do a great job of saying, mm -hmm. here's the dynamics of all of the pairings. I think it's, is it 54 different possible pairings? Something like that. Sure. Um, but they have that number of pairings really worth going to. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, there's some, uh, Dr. Uh, Daniels has a, a combination pairings on his his website. That's oh. free. It's really helpful. And yeah, you're at the Enneagram Institute. Uh, Kristen Harden, who I mentioned, I mentioned her book, The Enneagram and Marriage, that has all the combinations in the back. Uh, and then Steph Baron Hall, who's also on the summit, I have her book, Enneagram and Love, and those have all of the relationship combinations. Yeah, so yeah. just a few other places to, to find those. But, but yeah, very helpful. Boom. No, I just appreciate you guys and all the work that you're doing. And I can't wait for your, your book volume, <laughs> your volume series to come out. Uh, I will definitely get that because I've learned so much from you guys uh, just listening to you. And again, you can go to aroundthecircle.org. I also put their the link to their Apple podcasts, Around the Circle, their Spotify link, uh, their Start Here, kind of to help you uh, type yourself, uh, sort of a self-typing guide. I'll put the link below for that podcast. And then you guys have a monthly get-together online with some of the followers of your podcast. Is that right? Mm -hmm. We do, yeah. We do a once-a-month Zoom, and uh, then we do a once-a-month in person. And uh, so if, you, if you're interested in either of those, we'd love, love, love to have you. We generally just pick a topic, go around the circle. It's mostly me bantering with uh, the three twos that show up and then the three threes that show up and the <laughs> one four that shows up. You know, it's that sort of dynamic. I love that. Well, it's been, it's been an honor to have you guys on the summit. And as a reminder to those watching, 
Uh, make sure to go back and watch all the other amazing speakers in the lineup today. You can watch all of them for the next 24 hours. Uh, but the good news is you can get the all access pass, which will give you sort of lifetime access to all these interviews, uh, the videos, audio files, and transcripts. You can get a transcript of this conversation. Uh, so make sure to go check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for tuning in. Remember, stay curious, uh, keep learning, keep growing, and make sure to put into action all the things that you just learned from Jeff and TJ uh, to transform yourself and your relationships. And we'll see you in the next interview. It's always great talking to you, Tyler.